Hi, Dre. Hi, Peter. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. Great. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. Are you ready to go digging with Peter again? Sure. Yeah. Yeah? Okay, well, today we are talking about the second studio album by Tripping Daisy, and it's called I Am an Elastic Firecracker. I really want an explanation for that title. You know, I don't have an explanation for you. So I, uh, <laughs> you know, I did some mild digging and mm -hmm. I cannot find an explanation for the title. I can't explain the cover. Apparently the, it is a, a photo of an Italian artist and I am totally going to screw up the name if I attempt to pronounce it. So I'm not going to Cavallini there. I'm going to screw up the first name if I even try. That guy. So, yeah, he's a he appears to be an older guy who's presented as in like a torso up and he is painted red. Visually striking. I want to know what he's talking about. You, you he looks he's like he's something. He's explaining something. <laughs> like this is my art. Don't you dare question yeah, me. That was wisdom right there. All right, so I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that before you heard this album, you knew nothing about it, hadn't heard of it, hadn't heard it. And you'd be absolutely correct. I don't remember if I included this in the um, edited podcast, but to you, I did kind of tease that I have a story that goes with how I acquired this album. I forgot. Thank you for reminding me. Let's go. Okay, so this would have been... Either the, the summer of 1996 or 97, I don't know specifically which, but like so many stories, this starts with, so this one time at band camp. Now, of course, to those of us ancient people who date back to the mid-90s might remember that if we wanted to take a bunch of music with us, we had to like gather up all of our CDs, carry them with us in whatever vessel we could possibly find. Backpacks. So we get all the way through Bandcamp. I have my CDs, well, all the ones I brought in like a plastic bag, you know, like a shopping bag. And at the end of Bandcamp, before we're all picked up by our parents or whatever, all of our luggage and all of our personal items that we had with us are put into this one room at the motel that we're staying at. So we go to retrieve my things and i notice that next to my suitcase there is a plastic bag full of cds and what does peter not do before he grabs this plastic bag look peter, at it peter does not check to see if this is his plastic <laughs> his plastic bag of cds and so i just grab it i put it in the trunk of the car and we go couple hour drive so Peter gets home, takes the plastic bag out. He doesn't think anything of it until he goes to unpack his suitcase. He opens his suitcase and finds that he's got his plastic bag of CDs in the suitcase. That other bag of CDs is not oh, Peter's. No. Anyway, inside this bag was this album. And, you know, this is, you know, pre-widespread internet. Not everybody had it. Not everybody had an email address. And quite frankly, I was 
embarrassed as fuck. And I had no idea what to do at that point because I didn't know whose this was. I didn't know where they could possibly be. So I did nothing. (laughs) Which, in hindsight, and probably even foresight at the time, was a bad idea. I do not want to recommend anybody grab a bag of CDs that is not theirs and then do nothing about it. On the off chance that there is somebody listening that went to Red Lodge Music Festival in in 1996 or 1997 and wound up with their bag of CDs missing, first, I'm sorry. Second, leave a voicemail on our podcast page uh, identifying yourself and maybe some of the other CDs you think you lost so that I can be sure it's you. (laughs) And we will discuss reparations. You don't have you don't have to make me feel any more guilty about this than I already feel. Thank you very much. I'm so tickled. So we are here today because you're a thief. That's what I hear. Shut up. So I'm a terrible person. We can just get that out of the way right now. Public enemy number one. So tripping Daisy. They were banned from, let's see, I think Dallas, if I remember correctly. If you want some i don't know i think i'd compare them at least from the mid 90s to acts like um silver chair or candle box maybe soul asylum okay okay so do they remind you of anybody in particular no okay i couldn't yeah i got nothing from this i'm like i don't know what i'm listening to but let's go okay well it's a very guitar oriented alternative rock maybe not quite grunge but not that far off kind of sound all right, so this was recorded late 1994, early 1995, and then released in June of 1995. Uh, this was also their commercially successful album release. It does it does feature their highest their highest charting single in "I Got a Girl," that hit like number six on the modern rock charts. The album itself went platinum in Canada. I don't think it got any particular certification in the U.S. But hey, Canadians seem to like it, so how bad could it be? (laughs) Impressions. Tell me what you thought. At first, I was like, I don't like it. Like, I didn't want to hear it. But I kept playing it over and over and over again. And it ended up being pretty good. Like, I can roller skate to this album, well, most of these songs. was, And I'm like, okay, I can get down with some of these. I had to go back through to find the ones I didn't like because there was more that I liked than I didn't. Tell me what you did not like. Well, I won't say I didn't like them. They just weren't my cup of tea. I believe it was motivation. And then the last three, News Prick and High. Prick in particular tended to kind of drag on for a while. Yeah. I mean, it's, I barely remember those. It's like nine minutes or something like that. It it takes its dear sweet time getting somewhere. And the, the biggest track to talk about on this is I Got a Girl. According to several sources, looks like it was it was on relatively heavy rotation on mtv for a little while yeah i might have heard that one because i'm like this sounds familiar but i don't think so it also made it into an episode of beavis and butthead i don't think you i'm gonna guess you probably didn't watch a lot of beavis and butthead i didn't appreciate beavis and butthead until i was an adult wait a minute talk to me about that what what changed when you were an adult that helped you to appreciate beavis and butthead because it's stupid well yeah that's kind of the point (laughs) it was a a brain break are stupid yeah and it's a brain break yeah as a kid i was like i don't want to watch this stupid ass shit that's what i thought of it back when i was a younger person what else did you like 
the trip along. That one got in my head a lot. And Piranha got in my head a lot. I agree that Piranha was definitely an, an earwormy kind of song. Yeah. I didn't do a lot of close analysis of lyrics or anything because... Me neither. But hearing them, it's like, okay, this is kind of clever. This is kind of fun. It wasn't super hard to listen to. They were fun. The album itself just started off really strong. Uh, Rocket yeah. Pop has good hooks, like super good hooks. And well, that just kind of gets you right into the album, doesn't it? Okay, so the album starts strong with, with really, really hooky Rocket Pop. And it actually remains pretty strong through most of it. And it's not until we get motivation. to... Not until motivation. You yep, didn't care for that one? That's where it that's where it dropped for off for you. It was like boom, what just happened? I was really enjoying myself, and now. So it's it's that motivation that you lost yours. Well, it just took a little dip because it picked right back up. But just for that one song, I was kind of like, the mood changed a little bit. And I didn't want it to. If the mood stayed roughly the same for the whole album, you'd be you'd be here saying, "Oh, it was all the same stuff." This is true, and I would probably be more tired. For me, quality-wise, this stays pretty high up until we get to, like, Prick and High right at the end of the album. Yeah, because I kept forgetting those two and news, because I'm like, what happens at the end of the album? I don't know. I keep forgetting. As an album, I think it works really well. It might have been stronger if they just shave it down a little bit. Maybe just make it EP length. Lob off those last three tracks, maybe. Maybe shuffle them around a little bit, you know. But at very least, do not put Prick at the very beginning. Oh, no, please don't. I don't know if I'd call this a great album, but it is pretty damn good. It's entertaining. The The guitars are nice and fuzzy, and they're tight, and it holds all of the harmony together. The vocals are kind of whiny, but they work that way. Yeah, in this case, it's weird. Because I generally don't like whiny. But they didn't annoy me at this one. See, and this is whiny without necessarily being nasally, which, man, there's a fine line there where it could have switched into nasally real quick. Here, I think if he had just crossed that line into, into nasal, it would have like just collapsed the entire, the entire feeling of the album. Apart from this album, they released two others after this. This was their second album, which I think was their first on a major label. They released another one in 98 and a final one in 2000. And then they disbanded because uh, the lead guitarist died of an overdose. And they did reform around 2017, 2018 for some shows and haven't heard anything about them since. That probably was fun for the fans. I mean, they, they've got good, catchy music. Uh, I do kind of want to hear what their last couple albums after this sound like have we heard enough to render judgment because i had so much fun with it and it wasn't offensive and it was nice sounding and earwormy and moving not like emotional but it got me moving give it like a seven you know what i'm giving this one an eight because this is better than i thought it was also remember my story about how I got this. For years, I was settled with guilt over even having this album in the first place. I want to know what else was in that bag. We'll have to talk about I that. Can't, <laughs> I can't remember, to be perfectly honest, what else was in that. Um, I do remember 
not the not the specific albums, but there were a number of things that I already had. So I'm guessing whoever this was, his taste wasn't that far off from mine. So are we ready to find out what's coming next week? Yes. I'm always terrified. Why are you always terrified? Because Have I given what? you something that bad before? Don't answer that. <laughs> hey, Google, give me a number between 1 and 2054. 750. Ooh, it gave me a nice round number. 750. Even at a multiple of five. Yeah. Those are my favorite numbers. We are listening to Shaft by Isaac Hayes. And that's our show for this week. Please rate and review us on whatever platform you're listening through, and feel free to leave a voice message on our page at anchor.fm. There's a link to it in the show description. Thank you to Dre for joining me, and thank you for joining us. Until next time, be good to your music. It's been good to you. Thank you.